This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello again to the Dark Trio. It's Elliot from Tasmania again. I hope you're all very well. Um, I was having a think the other day, and I was trying to bring to mind any daylight horror movies. I'm not sure if you've discussed this before, but I could not, for the life of me, think of any daylight horror films, which is pathetic, I know. So, help a brother out here. Could you tell us what some good daylight horror films are? I'd greatly appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Take care of yourselves and speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Elliot. Been a while. Uh, not going to lie, sounded a little congested. Hope you're feeling well. Uh, didn't quite have the same sultry tones. So, you know, Are I just you? feel like I'm insulting. I, I feel like I'm insulting <laughs> Elliot right now. <laughs> We've all been getting colds now. I assume everyone has colds this time of year. Anyway, I hope you're feeling good, Elliot. And if you are feeling good, then. Then you just sound I like you're apologize. feeling threatened for your job. <laughs> no, I'm not. You are. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway. Uh, to completely deflect what's going on in my head right now, Zena, why don't you start us out? Some horror movie recommendations that happen in the daylight. How about you? No, just go. I was going to say limit it to two so we can all play, but just oh, go. Oh, yeah. I'll start for two. Um, well, uh, immediately. Well, first, thank you, Elliot, for that awesome question. Yeah. Immediately, I thought about uh, the movie from the 70s, um, Who Can Kill a Child? And I spoke about mm -hmm. it with you guys previously. It's like those yeah. kids were actually really creepy. 
And then the other one, if you're in the mood for something like super silly, it's it really is a silly movie, but Pool Party Massacre. It takes place Aww. majority of the time <laughs> during the daytime. And, you know, it just puts you in a good mood. Nice. How about you, Megan? Uh, I feel like I've, I've got a lot, actually. Um, I'm going to go with Tremors because the bulk of... Ah, I was going to say Oh, Tremors. was it? Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then I'm gonna... It's okay. I have another one. I'm going <laughs> to avoid the one that I think you're going to pick then. Uh, Race with the Devil. I don't think gets enough love. And that one is basically a road trip away from Satanists through the daylight. Uh, Revenge takes place uh, mostly oh, in the yeah. day. Uh, Witchfinder General uh death proof one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorites that i will sit down and watch anytime it's on tv is predator get to the chopper um so we kind of went <laughs> off the rails with that too i did huh? i did you gave her permission <laughs> got... to do more than two <laughs> no, but she's stuck with two well she's like okay i'll only do two wait, and then wait. megan took up the torch on that one i did megan i knows did things i know I'll things what, okay sorry let me just say two okay and then we'll move on okay and we'll be fine okay uh, uh, the birds. Yeah. And Midsommar. Yeah. Okay. Now, Zena, you <laughs> just go to your heart's content. Okay. Um. So just one more. No, go no, to your heart's just content. Go. Wait, we don't follow rules. Um. Well, I was thinking about both of the Hills Have Eyes. You know, from '77 mm. and 2006. Yeah. Um, the same thing. So the Hitcher from '86 and 2007. Um. The Beyond. And that's it. That's all I have. Uh, all right. I'm going to do two more. Okay. Just because Megan did lots. I did lots. Uh, I know. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it it, it ended. Okay. In the morning. There was a scene at the night, but it ended in the morning yes. when the sun was rising. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 1973's, I think 2006 would have been the same too. The Wicker Man. Oh, yeah. It was mostly in the day. Yeah. All right, Megan. Do all the rest. Yeah, all the rest. I'm not going to do all. Basically, I'll sum it up with aquatic horror. A bulk of aquatic mm-hmm. horror plays, takes place in the sunlight, like Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, Piranha 3D. So, yeah, a lot of the creature features with sharks and stuff. That's daylight horror. And I love it. Nice. There you go. I stopped. I stopped. <laughs> that was an awesome question, Elliot. We haven't uh, talked about that. Yeah, and I feel like daylight horror doesn't get enough credit. True. And maybe it's just because it's difficult to do. Or maybe because it's just outside of people's imaginations to do things in the daylight to make them scary because there's less hiding and things like that. But it's definitely almost a different genre all on its own because it just it feels different for me, at least. Okay, call two. Hey, guys. It's Ryan, and I'm calling to see what some of your guys' uh personal favorite movies are that maybe critically weren't so well accepted basically what movie are you willing to get up on your soapbox and argue about till the end of time that you like that maybe isn't so favorable with everybody else uh mine would be the last exorcism part two just wondering what some of your guys's picks are that would fit into that category keep up the great work with the podcast thanks ryan uh so since we've already kind of played with that idea of our own hidden gems, our own overlooked horror movies that we personally enjoy, we decided to do a little bit of a tweak on this question and look up what Rotten Tomatoes defines as the worst rated horror movies. 
and pick our personal favorites out of that and defend them as needed. Personally, I don't think they need defense because if you like them, you like them. If you don't, you don't. But uh, let's start with Megan on this one. So like a couple of your favorite horribly rated, according to critics, not audiences, but critics, horror movies. Man, I hate going first because there will probably be overlap, and I don't want to snatch one of yours. Um, but I did look at the the worst rated horror on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's probably the same list. And the three that stood out to me was uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two was zero. What? Yeah, yeah, it was zero percent. And granted, if we're talking the first three, it's probably my least favorite of the three, but it's still fun. So. Yeah, I don't understand having zero. It's it's enjoyable, especially for Michael Jackson zombie alone. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then another one that I know Zena will also agree with me on is Urban Legends 2 Final Cut. Like, yes. that's a good sequel. Shut Crazy. your mouths. Shut your mouths, critics. You don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> says the critic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one that I get why... People don't like it, but I think that's also why I do, is uh, Darkness, the 2002 movie from Yom mm-hmm. uh, Balagaro. It's not, it's not, it's a bleak movie, and it doesn't yeah. quite explain everything. It's more loosely defined in its um, mythology, but I really like that. And especially Same. in 2002, there wasn't really anything like that. So I wonder if people watched it now, would they feel differently? I feel like you might. They will. Yeah, I think so. Plus, visually, it's just like a beautiful movie. Yeah, some pretty eerie stuff, too. I feel like there's at least a couple on this list that we have actually talked about. Yeah. yeah. So there's two I think I think I know two that Xena will say, but I'm curious. Xena, what are two of yours? Um, okay, so the first one, Tell from the Tales from the Crypt Ritual, that has a zero percent. And it's like really a zero? Like, okay. That is on, what guys. you've talked about before too, isn't I it? Have. Yeah. I have. Uh-huh. I spoke about it before, and it's just like, I don't care. I still love this movie. Um, and then another one, uh Strangeland from nineteen ninety eight, it has like a six percent. And I know that that, that one gets mixed D- reviews. D Snyder. Is that the one, D right? Snyder That's one? the yeah. one. Okay. Oh. That's the one. So it's With I know it's Howdy? not. Yeah, I know it's not for everyone, but it's pretty, that's a really well done slasher. So the fact that it's like a 6%, that maybe people just, they probably weren't ready in the 90s, you know? I think it probably was a little bit ahead of its curve in mm-hmm. terms of what it was saying as far as like catfishing and stuff. Yeah, it was, it's extreme. Like, and then even the way there's a lot of twist in it and stuff like that, where it's just like, you think you know where it's going, but then next thing you know, surprise they so, just weren't yeah, those... ready for a hard <laughs> uh a harder edge d snyder there true i was really surprised i guess not surprised i was looking through the list and one of them that jumped out at me was friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan <laughs> it's got an eight percent on rotten tomatoes i don't get it i mean what I'm sorry, but if you're a critic and you're watching a Friday the 13th movie, what did you expect? They expected, they eight? did, they did expect it to be in Manhattan, I bet you anything. There, it, it he, was he eventually. Was. It got there. It got there. It got there in a Vancouver version of Manhattan at the very tail end. <laughs> so, you know, and all the marketing during that time was for him, I love New York. He didn't love but it that much. 
hideous on the train knocking people over. He knocked off someone's head on a rooftop. Like, I don't know. On the SS Lazarus ship. (laughs) Yeah, how they got out of from a lake to Manhattan, I'm not entirely sure. But I don't know. I'm not a geologist or whoever does water. Caesar losing his head. That's five stars right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Just totally worth it. Just going toe-to-toe with Jason. Are you kidding? Give him something. Bump him into double digits. Uh, The other one, and I never, ever hear anyone talk about this, and I've actually been thinking about this off and on for a while. I don't know why. Is The Order from 2003 starring Heath Ledger. It is very... I feel like a lot of Heath Ledger stuff kind of got a resurgence post Batman and come with the, but the order, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not the most exciting watch. It is a little bit slow, but it's the, for those of you who don't know, it's basically, it's this order that exists within like the Catholic church, like, and Oh God, it's a little bit complicated because it gets kind of dark, but there's this concept of like the sin eater and things like that. And I think Heath Ledger is really good in it. Like that was the first time I remember watching Heath Ledger and being like, oh, I'm actually really entertained by what I'm watching. I was never really a big Heath Ledger fan before Batman. And it's really just strange and twisty kind of cult secret society stuff within the church. Um, it's got um, um, RoboCop, um, Peter Weller in it in a kind of a messed up priest sort of role but no i like it i don't know it's maybe i need to revisit it and i'm like i don't know why i've enjoyed this so much maybe there's a reason why it's not streaming anywhere (laughs) but i like the order so on that pregnant pause (laughs) we have a quick announcement oh yeah Because we uh, have just hit our 50th episode, and we are, I think next week will technically be our one-year anniversary of starting the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We made it. We are going to do something a little special that Megan is going to tell us about. Yeah. So we want to hear from you guys. That was a really weird, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I didn't quite pronounce about right either. I just kind of trailed off there when I was talking. We are so on a roll for our 50th. Go us. We are getting good at this. So good. Uh, Yeah. So we love this segment because we like, I, I don't know about you guys. I feel like I'm speaking for you here. We're all in agreement that it's like having a conversation, even though the listeners aren't here with us. It's still a way to engage that's really fun and get some fun titles. I mean, trying to rack our ba- brains thinking of uh, all the different categories. Whatever, I'm rambling. Anyways, so we're doing a little contest for our 50th. Uh, we want you to submit. We ask every week for you to submit questions. Um, so this time, the two that we choose for our next week's episode will be prize winners. Uh, that's open to everybody, not just in the States. So if it, you happen to be in the States, you get a Conjuring 3 Blu-ray. And if you are international, you get something else that's not... We will figure it out. Yeah, that's something else that's not going to be region-coded. Awesome, yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, send us your questions via email or via voicemail. If you do send voicemail, be sure to include your email address we will not play it on air so that we can get in contact with you for your prize earnings but yeah here's a little and added incentive send us your questions and our favorites that we play on air you get prizes yay yeah 
Yay. <laughs> and you know why? It's because this is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. You know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. <laughs> I'm trying. It was so much bigger last week. I kind of like put you on a pedestal for this. (laughs) If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? Come to daddy. I watched this movie (laughs) finally and it was great. It came out in 2019. I watched it on Amazon. A man in his 30s travels to a remote cabin to reconnect with his estranged father. So this is a very strange and unexpected movie. I should have known since Elijah Wood stars in it. And it just made me laugh. And I know that it's not supposed to be funny. No, it is. I'll get to that. Really? It is. Okay. Okay, good. Good. I felt horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So... I knew that this movie was for me, you know, because during the opening, they quote Shakespeare and Beyonce. Like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapped up in one. So, but yeah, it's it's very random. And, but it was funny, you know, and I felt that it just kind of like set the tone. So Elijah Woods, he plays this guy who's like pretty much like a man child who wears guard, like cardigans and stuff, you know? And um, basically, (laughs) oh yeah, and, and little brim hats. I mean, I would wear that. That's cool. So anyway, um, he arrives at this like gorgeous isolated cabin to meet his dad. He hasn't he hasn't seen his dad in like over 30 years. So then right away he realizes like there's something off about his dad. And then soon it's just like he his dad is a jerk. Like he is outrageous. And he has like a shady past. So at the core, I'm not going to lie, it it is a very twisted movie, but it it is kind of sweet because it's just basically about a father-son relationship and, um, you know, like their their bonding time. And I guess the best way to describe it, because I always try to give people examples so I can get them to watch it and enjoy it if you haven't watched it. So if you like Alfred Hitchcock, but you also like John Waters, you may enjoy this movie too. So (laughs) it's like a a really good blend. It's very quirky. It's full of twists. And um, one of my favorite scenes, it involves this police officer basically telling (laughs) Elijah Wood's character that he has this, he has this like theory that people who have raisin shaped eyes, they're evil. (laughs) And when I heard that, I was screaming because it's just like, okay. (laughs) And then I had to check. I have raisins at my house. I don't think I have raisin shaped eyes. You don't have raisin eyes. No. (laughs) Who has raisin shaped eyes, you know? Just make me laugh. I don't even know what that means. Maybe, Are they wrinkly maybe eyes? Maybe Stephen McCaddy, who's Elijah Wood's uh, not so nice dad in this movie. Yeah, 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 and yeah, he. I guess he had raisin shaped eyes. I don't know, but no. But um, it, it's it was a really good time. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Visually, I love the way it's filmed. I love the acting. I love the pacing. It was just a fun movie, you know. So yes. there you go. Um, then the second movie, it was, this one was a comfort watch. Um, so I rewatched the made for TV movie, The Spell from 1977 on YouTube. A teenage girl is taunted by her schoolmates because she's overweight. And then she uses supernatural powers to take revenge. This is a very ridiculous made for TV movie with occult magic, a black tongue, an old woman who randomly explodes and more. 
And even though a lot of people would try to say like, oh, this is like Carrie. No, it's not. I feel like it's different. It's completely different from Carrie in my opinion, okay? Because- I love it when Xena has arguments with people that aren't here. Right, like you, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to prepare yourself, but um, I just feel like it's, it's, it's different. Like there, there's, there's some similarities, but it's completely different. And so this teenage girl, her name is Rita, and supposedly she's overweight. She looks fine to me. I don't know what people are talking about. She looks great, actually. Um, but yeah, she gets picked on because of that. And it's crazy because teachers will see and they just stand by and watch. Like, you should get fired. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, it's the 70s, so you know it's outrageous and stuff like that. She comes from a rich family. Her father, she doesn't have like a great relationship with her father or her little sister, Christina, who is played by a young Helen Hunt, which is really cool Aww. to see. Yeah, she looks so adorable. And, um, but yeah, they live in a really nice house and she's just kind of like this poor little rich girl, you know? And so even though she's unhappy, somehow she finds black magic and um, she just starts taking people out. Like the opening scene, one of the opening scenes basically takes place in a gym where a bully gets hers, okay? And, um, yeah, but I'm a little bit biased because I feel like this is one of my favorite made-for-TV horror movies. Um, I know that a lot of people, they're not really too crazy about made-for-TV movies. If you're not, you know, I don't care. But if you are, <laughs> that's great! God, that was rude, wasn't it? Okay, no, I'm sorry. No, no you, not at all. You were passionate <laughs> about what you love. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with made-for-TV movies at all. They're great! Honestly, I feel like a lot of this has been you preparing to argue with someone on Twitter in advance. Yeah. Like you've created the person. It's true. It's true. You're, you're formulating <laughs> your arguments. That's fine. I prepare my, my conversations ahead of time all the time. You just always have, I prepare my outfits and I prepare my arguments. You just have to be prepared. <laughs> but but no, if you, if you like made for TV movies, so you kind of know what that means, you know, so it's a little bit more tamed. But I felt like it was entertaining. In some ways, too, if you did take away, like, the black magic and stuff, it would kind of feel like a Lifetime movie. So you may want to keep that. And plus, like I said, there's a woman who explodes. So you want to watch that. So that's what I watched. <laughs> so do you ever go to Half Price Books? I went this... It's been a while. It's been a while. I, I was dropping off books, and they always make you stay in store while they tally up, you know, what they're going to give you for the books, which means that you spend time browsing. And I found Paranormal Activity, the marked ones on blue, for super cheap. And I hadn't seen it since theaters. And it said it had a theatrical and an unrated cut on this disc. And I was like, say what now? So, of course, <laughs> I got it. So... Uh, I watched Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. Uh, it was, came out in 2014. And I watched the unrated cut. And the plot is basically a young man just graduated high school becomes a target of a malevolent entity. He must uncover its true intentions before it takes complete control of him. So the unrated cut adds about 17 minutes of new and extended footage to the theatrical. And I don't think that there's anything that's like... There's obviously paranormal activities not high on like gore and nudity or whatever. So I, I think the only thing that stood out to me really was um, there is a scene where the three leads, because it's the main guy, Jesse, who's starting to get possessed because he's got the, the witch that lives um, on the apartment beneath his. Um, mm -hmm. he, he and his two friends 
they're in a church doing some ritual and some spooky stuff happens. So that was a really cool sequence that was not familiar to me at all. And then there's this, a bunch of kind of um, early scene buildings with the three leads that I really liked. Like here he's trying a taco. They're at a taco stand and they trick the comedic relief friend into eating a habanero and he's losing his <laughs> mind because it's spicy. And it's just, I think that the unrated cut where it really does a great job is getting you to like these three teens instead of like, here's them getting into shenanigans and then boom, he's getting possessed. Um, it is one of my favorites of the franchise. I think it's probably up in the top of my ranking, not probably not number one spot, but it is up in the top. It's a really solid one. Um, so yeah, I really like I that one. And I love uh, that one too. Yeah. So it was nice to revisit it. And then I watched uh Sundance Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat. It's nineteen eighty-nine. It is I watched it on Blu-ray. It's a Vestron release. And uh it is about reclusive vampires in a lonely American town of purgatory. It's like this old you know, desert town, and they wear sunblock spf 100 and drink uh synthetic blood but then there's a whole other faction of vampires who do not like this way of life and then you have a descendant of van helsing who uh gets into the mix of this civil war that's brewing and that van helsing descendant is played by bruce campbell so yeah, yeah so this is an anthony hickox movie this is his sophomore feature right after waxwork and right before waxwork 2 so he was still dating Deborah Foreman at the time, which means she gets to, you know, she plays one of the main vampires slash Van Helsing's love interest. Uh, it's got Maxwell Caulfield, if any of you like Rex Manning Day from Empire Records, and uh, David Carradine. So you see a lot of the same kind of actors that were in Hickox's movies. He does do a lot of um, recurring players. I like. I don't love this as much as Waxwork and Waxwork 2. Um mm-hmm. But it is really fun. It does have his same sense of humor. It, it's definitely him trying to do a Western with comedy and vampires and really cute stop motion vampire bats. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one, too. Nice. I got a chance to spend some very important quality time with Shudder because I've just been rewatching the same movies I've seen over and over and over again lately. Don't know why. Just in comfort movie just watch. Comfort. Watched Aliens again, watched, like, I think the first three Screams again. <laughs> Just kind of going through stuff. So it is very, I'm very grateful that I get, I have picks that I have to watch. First up, I watched 2015's Patchwork, which was on Shutter. Three young women go out partying and wake up attached together as a Frankenstein monster <laughs> with their individual personalities still intact. The three women set out to figure out what happened to them. All right, Megan, why this one? Because it's a delightful horror comedy. And I don't know how you would feel about Tyler McIntyre's Tragedy Girls. So I thought I'd start you with one that I thought you would like. I don't think I've heard of Tragedy Girls. I Wait, that's not the... What? I think I'm thinking Final Girls. Yeah, different movies. Though That exists. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think I saw Final Girls. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah. This is so good. This is right up my alley. Just a level of weird, irreverent comedy and just basically th- this this movie might have been I don't remember the last time I watched a movie where I was like, I have no 
idea what is going to happen next. It's like every time you kind of think it's going down a route, it doesn't. They're just like, yeah, we're going to, nope, nope. And then, then there's this massive twist and you're like, <laughs> well, you get the twist like halfway through, but you don't really know what's going on at that point. You're just waiting. And you're like, what <laughs> is going on here? This is so weird <laughs> and satisfying and funny. And like, there are so many just great one-liner moments in this whole thing. You know, it is fantastic. It's one of those things where I love horror comedies. Yeah. And But I feel like... I've gotten so used to, I, I suppose, just the well-known horror comedies, you know, like what we do in the shadows and Tucker and Dale and things like that, that like stuff like this was just completely under my radar that I probably wouldn't have even noticed. I would have watched the trailer and been like, that's interesting, yeah. okay, but not realize how funny this movie is. And oh, it was so good. Yay! <laughs> Personal thank you for this one. Uh, and I followed it up. With 1996's Bad Moon, which I watched on Amazon, a Xenopic. And I'm not, this, this IMDb is not great, but here we go. One man struggled to contain the curse he hides within and his last-ditch attempt to free himself with the love of family. But when it looks as if he's losing the battle and endangering all he holds most dear... No, I can't do the spoilers. Anyway... <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. Go to IMDb if you want to see the rest. It doesn't even make sense. Anyway, uh, okay, so you know why this one? Because we don't have enough werewolf movies, and this one rocks. It's underrated, and Preach. you need it in your life. Like now. This one fell, this one worked so well for me because this felt like an extended Tales from the Crypt episode Ooh. to me. I mean, Muriel Hemingway was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt and like the, the creature effects and just like the kind of tone and the color and cinematography all felt very classic Tales from the Crypt for me. So that's just, that's my wheelhouse. That totally yeah. works. But the creature effects and gore were really good. Like when the werewolf attacks the one guy who, I, I don't want to, well, we'll just call him Flopsy. Whatever. That's <laughs> what he's called in the movie. When he attacks him. Like that, because you know he's going to come back, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to, and that's not a spoiler. He's going to come back at some point. I won't tell you when. But that actual scene, I was like, whoa, like, that's actually, like, really awesome. Like, the level of detail they went into on top of, oh, he got bit. Oh, he got scratched. Something like that. All of a sudden, like, no, this one, like I mentioned last week, I don't watch a lot of werewolf movies. And I think maybe it's just to Zena's point that there aren't that many for whatever reason. People got so much more excited to delve into the vampires. Psych yeah, vampires, like the romance of vampires, the psychology and torment of Frankenstein. I think it's just harder to do a werewolf than it is you a vampire. Like as far as the creature Expensive. effects are concerned? Yes, exactly. Plus, you're standing on the shoulders of American Werewolf in London, and you're just not going to do better. I mean, that, that cost, <laughs> I'm sure, pretty penny. I'm sure. And then uh, Benicio Del Toro, they tried the remake of that, and that didn't work great. And what's cool about this one is that even though it's, you know, from the 90s, it still feels modern. At least to me. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't necessarily feel pigeonholed into a specific time, even though it is 96. And, you know, watching it, like, you get it. But 
it's not so rooted in time because of technology necessarily or anything else like that that movies can so easily fall into. Right. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, <laughs> which is actually a callback to another terrible movie, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, that I kind of enjoy in a weird way is Fear.com. Oh. It's totally messed up, but it is so specific to like quick time movies and like dial up internet and everything else that it doesn't apply, but the premise is great and it needs to be remade. Anywho. Uh, but no, Bad Moon on Amazon. I think it was also on Tubi. Um, totally worth it. If you're looking for a vampire movie, or not a vampire, if you're looking for a werewolf movie that you haven't watched, uh, totally recommend this one. Really easy watch. Um, great creature effects. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I watched Come to Daddy on Amazon, The Spell on YouTube. I watched uh, Paranormal Activity, the marked ones on Blu-ray. I watched the unrated cut, but I'm pretty sure you could watch the theatrical cut on Tubi. And I watched Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat on Blu-ray. And I watched Patchwork on Shudder and Bad Moon on Amazon. All right, what am I watching for next week? Uh, Zena, you're up first. Okay. Um. Okay, since I gave you something that was kind of serious, you know, I want to give you something that's a little bit more, you know, funny. Haha. Um, have you seen um, Dance of the Dead from 2008? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, it's on Tubi. Dance of the Dead on Tubi. All right, and Megan? I feel like you... Have you seen Apostle? I feel like you might have seen Apostle. I have. You have? Yep. Okay. I really like it. Then I will go off in La La Land and assign you more Shutter homework. Uh, good manners. Oh, good man, this is so wonderful. I'm sorry. I want to. I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen good manners. Something occurred to me the other day, too, that over the course of the last year, not only I watched so many horror movies in general, but then adding all the horror movies that you guys have assigned to me, too. There are so many movies where I don't remember the names. Like, I know I watched them. I've talked about them. And I have completely forgotten the names of so many movies that I've watched. <laughs> yeah. I just want to look up Good Manners real quick to make sure. Good Manners came out within the past couple of years. It's a Brazilian. Mm, 2007. No. 20, no like 2018. Yeah. It's so nope, magical. Like, wow. I'm just double checking Dance of the Dead. Oops. Not to be confused with the one with Robert England, which I think is a part That's of a, Masters of Horror. Yeah. Yeah. So not no, that this one. This is the Tubi ones. Nope, I haven't seen this one. This looks very uh, Deathgasm. Yes. Which works. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's microsoft copilot learn more at microsoft.com slash ai for all 
All right, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Let's talk toys. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the pulse rifle from Aliens gets turned into a limited edition Nerf blaster. I have not... I will be buying that. Will you? <laughs> All right. Well, the iconic M41A pulse rifle... rifle ugh, words are hard. Uh, from James Cameron's Aliens has gotten an unexpectedly kin-friendly makeover with Hasbro putting an up for grabs putting up for grabs a colorful Nerf replica of the movie gun. A Nerf replica. The limited edition offering celebrates the 35th anniversary of Aliens, and it's selling on Hasbro's website for $94.99. It's a very pricey toy. Uh, no, I will not be buying this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe oh, maybe so Santa awesome. will be kind to you this year. Who knows? Um, but it's. I'm looking up the picture of it. That's really cool. Yeah, it's set to begin shipping out to customers closer to Halloween. So if you know you really wanted to be an aliens uh, costume with the Nerf toy for Halloween, that there you go. Um, Hasbro details celebrate the 35th of the iconic Aliens film with the limited edition Pulse Blaster, capturing authentic details inspired by the equipment of the film's Colonel Marine Corps. It's supposed to capture the look with the power loader-inspired design and dual-blasting action. Features electronic dart counter and movie-accurate blasting sounds. Measures over two feet long and comes fully assembled in premium packaging for display. Select from fully motorized flywheel elite or pump action mega dart blasting. Includes blaster, ten elite darts, three mega darts, and instructions. And you do need batteries. (laughs) You need four. All right. It's a little bit worth it, the fact that there's a dart counter on it, just like yeah. in the movie. Like, oh, come on. I appreciate that level of detail. Yeah. I, Still not spending 95 bucks. I can't. <laughs> well, you, you know, this it's a collectible. It's I guess it's probably fairly reasonable for a collectible. And yeah, I don't know. It's that bad. No, it's not. I mean, it might be more than you've ever spent in your life on a Nerf gun. But, you know. I don't know. It's it's cute, and it brings back some childhood nostalgia of playing with Nerf guns. So, you know, thought that might bring some people joy to hear about it. Um, next up, there's a whole bunch of gateway horror on the horizon, which I absolutely love. Netflix's Night Books brings gateway horror from producer Sam Raimi. Uh, Sam Raimi and director David Yurovsky, he did Brightburn. They are bringing Night Books, a kid-friendly gateway horror movie that's coming to Netflix on September 15th. Uh, the film is star- is about Alex, played by Winslow Fegley. He's a creative boy with a strong passion for writing scary stories, but when he's labeled weird and rejected for what he likes, he swears he'll never write again. That's when an Aww. evil witch, played by Kristen Ritter, captures him in her magical apartment in New York City and demands he tells her a new tale every night if he wants to stay alive. And trapped inside with Lenore, the witch's spiteful cat watching his every move, Alex meets Yasmin, played by Lydia Jewett, another young prisoner who has learned how to survive the witch's wicked whims. With her help, Alex must learn to embrace what makes him unique, his love for scary stories. So they did drop the official trailer, if you're curious. It's promising kid-friendly Goosebumps-esque vibes with creatures, whimsy, and visual style. And, you know, Kristen Ritter is an evil witch, which is great. She looks fabulous. She does. She does. I want the purple hair. And uh, speaking of Goosebumps, Arl Stein's Just Beyond is bringing gateway horror to Disney+. Plus. 
Annabelle Comes Home and Ghostbusters Afterlife actress McKenna Grace will continue playing in the genre space with Upcoming Just Beyond. It's a Disney Plus anthology series based on R.L. Stein's comic book series of the same name. Uh, Disney Plus has given eight-episode order to the series, which hails from writer-showrunner Seth Graham Smith, who is behind Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and uh, 20th Century Fox Television. So the series premieres this fall. Stein will serve as co-executive producer with Mark Webb, and uh, they, who is also coming on board to direct the series. Webb will be directing the first two episodes. So, yeah. You know, Fear Street is bringing Stein back in a massive way. And if you recall Welcome to the Blum House last year, they are coming back with four more movies this October. Um, Blumhouse and Amazon Prime partnership continues with four brand new horror movies that kicks off on October 1st. Well, technically two. Um, so the first two movies that premiere October 1st will be Gigi Saul Guerrero's Bingo Hell and Marit Ligo's Black as Night. And then on October 8th, the final two of this round of Welcome to the Blumhouse will be Ryan Zaragoza's Madras and Axel Carolyn's The Manor. So, yeah, I don't know if either of you watched the first round, but we can expect more family-ish based horror. Yeah, yeah. I, and these sound like really interesting. Like, I remember watching like the uh, the one from last year and um, the box was my favorite um, was it? segment. Yeah, it was so that one's a lot of fun. Plus, it was creepy. What? But yeah, so I'm just really excited about it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Look at us getting ready for spooky season. Being I know it's stuff. coming so fast. Okay. All right, listeners, your turn. Think a hundred dollars for a horror replica Nerf weapon is totally reasonable. Yes, they do. Want more kid friendly? <laughs> want more kid friendly gateway horror? Let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to get those calls and the emails in ASAP. As the two questions that appear on next week's episode will be awarded with either Conjuring 3 Blu-ray or other cool prize. If you do call, make sure to give us your email address in case we need to contact you as a winner. Please spell it out because otherwise I'm sure I will get it wrong. Finally, Xena's going to make all our lives easier and a sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Xena, what should we be watching? We have some cool stuff coming our way this week. So, on Monday, the 23rd, uh, the animated movie The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, is available on Netflix. Escaping from the poverty to become a witcher, a man slays monsters for coins and glory. But when a new menace rises, he must face the demons of his past. Oh, my God. <laughs> then... On Tuesday, the 24th, we have two movies coming our way. We have The Last Matinee. A crazed killer begins to pick off audience members, attending the last showing of a horror film in a small downtown cinema. Some people have uh, compared this one uh, to Dario Argento's, you know, movies and stuff. So by the previews, I think it looks pretty fabulous. I mean, Dario Argento's movies (laughs) do hang in the lobby of this theater in the movie, Mm -hmm. like opera. So, yeah. Awesome. Lots of eyeball trauma. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you wrote a whole article on that. That's so cool. Okay. All right. So then the next, <laughs> the next one, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, will be available on DVD. And then on Wednesday, the 25th, The Old Ways will be arriving to Netflix. While investigating a story of sorcery and healing, a journalist is kidnapped by a group of locals who claim she's the devil incarnated. 
And then on Thursday, the 26th, Mosquito Skate will be available on Shutter. An obsessive, an obsessive Welsh, Well Street. Girl, what? Okay. An obsessive Wall Street data analyst experienced a psychological breakdown in his penthouse apartment in August of 2007. His computer models become, his computer models behave erratically as do the swarms of mosquitoes breeding in his apartment. Doesn't that sound gross? And then on, um, last and certainly not least, Friday the 27th, okay, buzz, buzz, Candyman will be available in theaters. So, okay, are you guys going to go check it out? Are you going to go on Thursday night? Are you going to go on Friday? What are you going to do? Tell me your plans. I normally would feel backed into a corner and defensive about going out into public. However, even before recording, my wife and I did talk about seeing if we could pawn off our kids for sleepover with their grandparents so we could go see it on Saturday. Oh, Saturday date night. I was going to say, bring me with you, but okay, it's fine. I mean, if you really want to hop a flight up to Minneapolis, sure, we got a spare bedroom. (laughs) Is it it cool? What's the weather like up there? Uh, Can I wear leather? It was like 88 today. Oh, no, I'll maybe October. Okay. October. I want to wear my leather jacket. I never get to wear it. <laughs> but yeah. And then of course, you know, last, certainly not least, of course, bloody disgusting TV. Yeah. And that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week. Everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloody disgusting.com and on Twitter at haunted Meg. Xena can be found on our own site, real queen of horror.com and the YouTube channel of the same name or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards that we are recording right after this, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody Disgusting.